and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa, and thank you for joining me today. So if you guys are having a good day, I hope you've got your tea and your snacks because today's episode is going to be about my opinion of how um, people go in and assist with clearing energy or helping a family when they have a ghost uh, basically just paranormal investigators and or people who work with them. So we're going to listen to a quick promo and then we will get into the episode and I will see you guys in a couple seconds. Hi, I'm Angela Lovell. I'm a psychic, an empath, indigo child, and a witch. And my name is Ryan Singer. I'm a stand-up comedian, paranormal investigator, and an empath. And our podcast is called This Is Where the Magic Happens. Yeah, we walk you through the paranormal, witchcraft, how to get in touch with your spirit guides, how to astral project, and be the most magical you you can be. And there's a lot of cat talk. A lot of cats. Uh, but most of all, we want you to know this, this shit, shit is, is real. And we're back. So I hope you enjoyed our promo. So let's talk about why this episode is even occurring. It's occurring because I do like to watch uh, paranormal TV shows. I don't typically watch like Ghost Hunters or anything like that. Um, We're just going to leave that at that. Uh, Normally I watch like Paranormal Survivor or Paranormal 911. That one's like a big favorite for me. So, in a couple of the episodes from Paranormal Survivor that I've watched, um, and I'm like, a couple seasons behind. Um, there are some things that happened, and I was like, what the fuck? And, I mean, this is, you know, The Haunted Ride is a paranormal and a spiritual podcast. I mean, it started off being paranormal, and we just talked about ghosts and things like that. And then you guys started asking me, like, a lot of spiritual questions, and I sort of realized that, like, people don't have an opportunity to have those be answered either. So that's why this podcast is kind of morphed into the two, and it's sort of like half ghosts and then half spiritual stuff, and, you know, that's just kind of what we do here. But, you know, for anyone who has things happening in their home, I think it's really important that, like, you're as knowledgeable as you can be. So if you ever need to contact a paranormal investigator and get them to come into your house, you first off know what to expect and second off know what they're talking about. Now let's begin this with I'm not a paranormal investigator. So everybody does things a little differently just like all psychics and all mediums and all empaths do things a little differently. Normally there are some things that we do the same. We may call them different things. We may enact them with like another little process or mix different procedures but we all kind of get to the same place that we're going. We just take a different path to get there sometimes. So to begin with, let's discuss the different types of known energies that people normally talk about. So you have ghosts, spirits, demonic activity, angels, and occasionally other. Ghosts is like a a human soul who hasn't crossed over and it's just lingering about. Typically a ghost doesn't have a lot of energy. Think of it like the difference in Harry Potter between like a muggle and a wizard. So think of it like that. Like a ghost would be more like a muggle. Like they don't know anything about like 
all this other energy. They don't know how to experience and travel the world. They have no idea. A spirit, on the other hand, can. Because it's amassed enough energy. Sometimes they go, they cross over, they come back to chill out. They can attach themselves to you. They can do a lot more things. They have a lot more energy and a lot more ability behind them. For instance, let's say that uh, a lot of times, especially if you're someone on Instagram, I'm, I actually really like Instagram. It's the only social media that I actually like. But one of the things that I see a lot is people saying to call on the spirits of your ancestors. So why do they call them the spirits of and not the ghost of? Because they're already gone. They have already gone. They've crossed over. They're in their little place waiting. So if you call on the spirits of your ancestors, the reason why the term is spirits is because you're saying, hey, I need your help. Can you come here for a second? And they're like, man, do I really have to get out of this nice, beautiful like, sanctuary? They're like, yeah, you know, just for, just for a quick second. I promise you can go back after. And then they come back. So because they crossed over and then they came back, that makes them a spirit. You will have ancestors who stay with you. If they stay with you, the terminology would be an attached spirit. Now, attachments are not always bad, and that's part of why I wanted to go over them. Because most of the time when someone thinks of an attached spirit, they'll think it's bad, and it's not always. It just means it's an energy that's very, very strong and has taken a liking to you. Either because you're a blood relative, uh, they saw you and they liked you. It just basically means you have a spirit that stays with you. I would not call, like, a spirit guide an attached spirit. Because you also have the points where a spirit guide can be an ancestor. You also have the points where a spirit guide can be and in the other category. Now, other category would be something like people who channel deities, people who channel um, power animals, totem animals, animal spirits, people who do rituals like that, um, mythical creatures that most people think can't exist, but for instance, I had the ep the bonus episode last week, which was about Fae. They would fall in the other category. If you were to ever experience something called an elemental, they would be in the other category. Uh, shadow men are in the other category, typically. For some people, they put them in the demonic category, but we'll get to that in a moment. That's kind of how, like, things can kind of blend from one point to another. But if you were to make a column, ghosts, staying ghosts, they're only human spirits. That's it. Spirits can be a long list of a bunch of different things. Other can be everything that doesn't have a human body. So black mass that you don't know what it is. It's other. Strata men, not really sure what it is. That's other. Elementals, not sure what those are. Those are other. Uh, say, not sure. Again, other. You see the pattern that's happening here. Okay. So next, demonic activity or demonic energies. Not everything in the world is demonic, even if it's doing something negative. It can be an angry ghost or an angry spirit. It can be a negative spirit. So um, there's not really, if you can't really see it or you're not super sensitive or you're not kind of really willing to go down that road, I would say, which I don't blame you. It's going to be really hard for you to tell the difference between a negative spirit and a demonic entity or force. I think that's why sometimes so many people lump things into demonic energies, even if they're not. Sometimes it's just somebody who is fucking pissed. Or 
There are moments with ghosts or spirits who have come back who they could have been really good people in life. But let me phrase it this way. Every human person on this planet has the ability to be evil, right? We all have the ability to pick up an axe and go kill somebody. We all have the ability to go burn down a building. We all have the ability to hurt someone. We all have the ability to wish someone harm. We all have that ability. We just decide not to do it. Most of us anyway. So, okay, if that's the case, now let's turn this around and let's say, you know, someone passes away and they decide they don't want to cross over for whatever reason. There can be a long, long list of reasons why someone wouldn't decide to cross over. Okay, this makes them a ghost. They're hanging around. They're haunting. They may let people know that they're there. Okay, now let's say said ghost is the ancestor to someone in the house. That person in the house is being treated badly by someone else in the house. A spouse, another family member, a friend, someone, right? And it's happening over and over and over and over again. If you're a ghost and you love this this family member and they're, they mean something to you, you're going to want to protect them, right? And it's going to make you angry. Well, here's the difference. Ghosts can, if they amass enough energy, they can do a lot of things. So if they turn around and they decide that they want to get back at this person because they're a ghost and like, of course, you're going to scare the shit out of them so they'll leave. Once they finish that, it doesn't mean that they're never going to do that again. It doesn't mean that they don't have the ability to be angry again. They do. And if they take it too far, that's energy. And if, if that's all the energy is in that place or at the time or in that period, that may be kind of what they become. Think about like if you were in high school or um, in a workplace that's really, really negative, right? Everybody's always complaining about something and they're complaining about something else and complaining about another thing, right? And they're doing this all the time and it makes you sick. You are sick and tired of hearing that. Okay, there's your agitation. Fine. Now, what might happen? If someone's complaining to you, you might turn around and start complaining to them. Okay, now you've taken on that personality trait of complaining. It doesn't mean that you are now part of the problem. What it means is you're so tired of this happening that now you've begun to complain. Now, let's say that weighs on you. Let's say that you're, you're sick and tired of being at that place and it's just too much for you to deal with and you've had enough, right? You're done and you're tired and you've had enough. That means all the negative energy is now affecting you. Now, let's say that all you see when you're there is negativity. You can't see anything positive. When you're there, you're drained, you're tired, you find yourself being constantly frustrated, you might snap at people, and now you become part of the bunch of people who are now negative at this place. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you are a jerk. It doesn't mean anything. It means that the situation you're in is unhealthy for you, and you're still there because you have to be or you're being forced to be for whatever reason, financial, you know, what educational, whatever. Okay, well, there you go. It's the same way with a ghost. I humanize ghosts a lot. And I do that because that's what a ghost is. It's just a human spirit just chilling out here for a little bit. 
You don't know why they are or what they're doing or particularly why they've decided to stay, but they're there. And so just like we can be affected by things, it doesn't mean that they can't be. So just if they do something angry or they're a jerk, doesn't mean that they're a demon. Like those are two very different classes. And if you have ever dealt with a demonic entity in your home or ever met one or had to like do anything with one, I'm sorry because I've met numerous ones and there is, you feel it. Like, you know, you know when something's not human anymore. That is a whole other thing. It's like, um, like for people who go hiking, if you ever saw a bear in the wilderness and you got scared and you're like, this thing can eat me. Or if you've ever seen a lion or a tiger, like, you know, free somewhere or a panther in the woods or something, right? And you're walking around and you hear that growling and you hear that noise. And this thing is like, looking at you like you are prey and you suddenly realize where you are in the food chain. That's a demon. If you get that feeling, that's a demon. Like that's, that's it. There's no question because a negative spirit can't get to that point. They can get pretty darn close. I'm not going to lie to you. If they decide that they want to be negative, they can get very close to that. That's what I can say about demons. Um, angels, I've had an experience actually with an angel, which I might share at the end of this episode. It might actually be really good to like finally share it. And I think you guys might like it. So we'll talk about that a little bit closer to the end of the episode. But angels, I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you're thinking. Whereas with demons, you sort of feel like you're, you've been knocked down a couple places in the food chain. With angels, you feel like you've been lifted up. It is the most warm, beautiful glorious presence. It really, really is. So whether you call them angels, I know some people call them saints, things like that, you know, like you know when you've got that around you. Like it's just, it's really, really beautiful and really great. So that's what I I wanted to explain that and explain the differences between all of the spirits and energies and entities that typically you hear uh, when you're dealing with paranormal shows or paranormal movies or a paranormal investigator or whoever. So now that we've talked about that, I want to talk about the difference between helping a family and experimenting. Now again, I, apart from having this podcast and seeing paranormal investigators through social media, especially because they have the podcast, you do have paranormal investigators who they come into this with really, really, really desperately wanting to find a ghost. They desperately want to prove that this is real. They may have had an experience and never had that validation. And so they're coming in with the hope of that validation. Like they're coming in going, I fully believe this person and now I'm going to prove it. And so if they can't prove it, it hurts them. And then you have people who come in and they go, okay, no, I'm going to say there's nothing here until I find something here, etc." So here's where this becomes like a little bit of a line. And here's where I typically get pissed off at paranormal shows and why I only watch some of them and I don't watch others. There's clearly some times where you can tell that the investigator really cares. And there's other times where you can tell that the investigator just really wants to get as much as they can out of it. And that pisses me the fuck off. It makes me so mad. So when I sit here as you know, someone who has plenty of abilities, 
the second I, I start an episode, I can tell you if they do have a haunting or they don't. I will get a feeling if I see the house, which I know sometimes it's not the same house or whatever. Um, but sometimes the family does live there and they don't mind if someone takes a picture of the house for the show. So if I see that, like I can tell you something's there. If I see the person, I can tell you if they really went through a paranormal experience or if they just created a really great story for a show. And those people piss me off too, because I think, you know, when you, when you come around people who just want to do this for fame in their 15 seconds, that is what has helped to create the stigma that the paranormal doesn't exist. Years ago, people were a lot more into it. And then it faded away into this place where, oh, no, 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 that's taboo. And it's fake. And I very clearly don't believe it's fake. I mean, this podcast, we're on episode 37, which still blows my mind. But when I'm looking at it, I can tell you if it is or not. Like, I know. I do. And that's it. And that's fine. And, you know, you did it for whatever reason you wanted to do it. And that's okay. Now, when you go and you are investigating or helping or assisting a family in trying to figure out what's going on in their home, you should not be experimenting with the family. You shouldn't be using them as an experiment to see, oh, well, if you say this or you do that or you do the other, let's see if we get something, let's see if we don't. That's not how it fucking works. You go in there to assist that family to help them. That is why you go in there. Sometimes people don't know that what's going on isn't paranormal. They don't know. All they know is they can't explain it. And in that way, it makes it paranormal. It doesn't have to be a ghost to be paranormal. Like, we discuss this all the time. But it could be really high EMF. It could be a ton of stress mixed with some sort of physical thing that's going on. And they don't know. And if you come into a place and you come into an, a family's home and you say to that family that they have a ghost when they don't have one or they have a spirit when they don't have one, you are a shitty person. You are. I'm sorry, but you are. Because every single time that you do that, you have a responsibility to that family to be honest with them. And you can honestly tell a family, look, I believe you. I believe everything that's going on. But I couldn't find evidence of it here. And I want to go over some things with you. And I want to see if these may help you instead. And that may piss them off. It may piss them off. And you have to like, you have to understand that's part of the process. Like that's part of it. It's just like, um, Investigation Discovery had a show. I think they still have it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's where like, one person is a detective and like one person I think is like a lawyer or there's something big where they would argue cases of murder and assault and such. And so they work together. They never speak. They each go down their own avenues of figuring stuff out. They meet at the very end and they discuss their findings and compare and see how they feel. And then they go and they present that to the family who asked them to please look into this for them and see if their family member or loved one or whoever really did this crime or not. And sometimes they have to tell them, he did it. I'm sorry. I can't find anything. And you can visibly see that person get pissed. Or you can hear them get really, really pissed off. But you have a responsibility to be honest. And it makes me, it makes me so upset when people won't be honest. 
when they're saying that they're going to be and they're saying that they're going to help a family, you can't help a family and lie to them. You can't do that. So there's my two cents on that. And that includes when you're telling a family that they have a fucking demon in their house and they don't fucking have a goddamn demon in their house. Like, don't... It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous what people do sometimes just to get a little bit of extra money. They, It really is. Along with that, there are... I, w- I want to go into, like, sealing versus clearing. And this is going to be a little different because this is kind of where, like, if you're a psychic or a medium or, or whatever, and you listen to this episode, you might be like, well, I don't personally feel that way. And that's fine. Like, that's okay. Like, this is just how I feel about it. Um, I think you should clear before you seal. Typically. Not all the time, but typically. Here's why. So, let's say that I draw a big, beautiful salt circle around the whole house, which sometimes people do. They don't know any better. They, like, can feel the spirit and they know that and they're just kind of starting out and they don't really know to like listen to their intuition just quite yet or maybe their spirit guides who will help you. Um, They've helped me to understand a lot of this myself and then I'll go on the internet and find out, yeah, actually, no, you're right. Like, and I, I would have never known. So in those ways, I've learned to listen to my gut and sometimes people have a hard time with that. I had a hard time with that until I fully like accepted everything that was going on. So let's let's say someone goes, hey, wait a second, salt helps. And salt is amazing. Salt definitely helps. It always helps in a situation, okay? So they go and they walk around the whole house and put salt all over it. Okay, that's fine. But if salt is a barrier or a guider, so like let's say like traffic barriers, like traffic cones, that's kind of what salt does, except it's a long line and the traffic cone says, yeah, you don't go here. You go this way so you don't hit this. That's what it does. So you can, like, let's say you've got a spirit who's being a dick and needs to get out and is a trickster and won't stay in one place for you to be able to cleanse them or clear them. All right. Well, here's what you do. You break out your salt and you go into every single room. And when you chase that spirit out, you seal that room. Now, the spirit can only go so many ways. And it's going to get mad because it's trapped and it's going to be a little bit more of a hostile situation to get rid of it. But... That's how you can pin down a spirit or a ghost or whatever type of entity you happen to have. Salt is a barrier. So if you salt your whole house, like let's say you walk around with a bunch of salt outside your entire house and you pour it everywhere, right? But you never cleared out the spirit and you don't know how to get the spirit to leave. Well, what you just did was trap the spirit in your house. That's what you did. Like, that's it. That's exactly what you did. So now you have the thing that you were trying to get rid of. Now in your house, the only thing that you did do was make it so nothing else can come in your house for now. And that's about it. That is why you should clear before you seal. So, you know, there's tons of different clearing ways. I mean, you can use sage. Sage is a really popular one. You can use different types of incense, different types of oils. You can pray. The one thing that I, I do really definitely agree with is you have you have to find what works best for you if you're going to walk in and you're going to be doing this for people. If you're not religious at all and you decide to start praying to religious deities that you don't believe in, um, that's great and all. And sometimes the power of intention can help you and can be enough. But you may find that you have a very difficult time with some entities because 
they don't need that. And your kind of belief in that is a little too low for it to really get them out. So you have to do whatever you believe in the most. And you have to have a really strong faith in that because it is your intention which helps this process to to occur. But you've got to, if you're going to do this for people, you have to understand that someone on the team as a paranormal investigator needs to be able to have the ability to cleanse the spirit in whatever manner works best for them. Um, And then afterwards, if they want to salt stuff, they can salt stuff. Okay, so that's sealing and clearing. So I want to talk about, here's my thing about the whole, the light. I feel like everyone says everything goes to the light and not everything goes to the light. I think a lot of people reference the light as a place that all spirits and ghosts go. But okay, again, you're talking about human energies. What about the ones that aren't? You didn't make that thing go to the light. You told it to get the fuck out. (laughs) Like there's a huge difference. And I think people just use the term the light universally and and that's not really the case. There was one episode I watched where this lady, they had the person who did the clearing on the episode and she pissed me the fuck off because she said something about how she had gone into this apartment complex that had like 180 units and she had gone there at least 75 times to clear out energy. Let me explain something to you. If you have that much energy in a place and you had to go back that many times, your ass didn't do a good job. I'm sorry, it didn't. I am not doubting your ability and I'm not doubting your your clearing ability at all. However, and this kind of goes into the experimenting, there is no reason for you to have gone into that building that many times. Spirits can hide, don't get me wrong. They can hide if you have 180 units and you went inside some of them, then you can't go inside every single unit. And perhaps the spirit figured out you can't go in there, isn't ready to cross over and went somewhere else. That's completely possible. You may have someone who maybe they don't know that they do this or maybe they don't know that that they have this, but they have something that kind of creates a barrier. And perhaps they locked something in there with them. So until they invite you in their space, you can't clear it. That's definitely possible. But that is not 180 different freaking families that did that. It's not. At all. So for you to have to go in there 75 times makes no sense. And then I listened to what she said she did. In almost every single one of these. She said in this particular woman's house, what was there wasn't evil. It was a spirit. Uh, What it was, I believe on this episode, it was like breaking her stuff. It had like scratched and attacked her, which some people immediately think is a demon. It's not always. Um, There are some characteristics of it being that or being close to it, but that's not always the case. So I would agree that it was a negative spirit and that's just what it was. It was someone who had kind of gotten an unhealthy obsession towards her, I believe, because they... They went through like a really bad and horrible death, which also can make you really negative. I mean, that's a lot of trauma and a lot of negativity on its own. And so you're releasing energy and you're releasing it in such a negative way. Like, of course, it can kind of backfire and create that that bad of a void. But what she said she did was she created a space for the light 
forced both of the spirits in there and then closed that light. So essentially what she's talking about is the doorway. But here's the thing. Again, so by the time she got to this lady's house, she said she'd been in different apartments in this place 75 times. Then why the fuck are you closing the goddamn doorway? If you are, quote unquote, forcing spirits to go into the light, not convincing them, not communicating with them to go into the light, but forcing them to, why could you only force those two that were in that place? If you're already in that apartment and you kind of like, you know, open yourself up a little bit, you should have been able to find all the other freaking spirits in at least the adjoining units. Because that means if she's in an apartment, most likely one of her walls adjoins with another apartment on the right, and another one would adjoin with another apartment on the left, and perhaps one in the back. So if you're in that space, and it's a big enough space where you can go into different rooms and very easily, per her words, find these two spirits, why could you not walk, you know, walk down the hallway? And be like, hey, does anybody else want to go in the light? If so, I got a perfect little doorway right here. Just come right in. Why would you wait until you get called back another time and a time after that and a time after that? That lady pissed me the fuck off so much. <laughs> she made me so mad because I was like, you're not helping. You help that woman, sure. But like, here's another thing, too, is like if there's that many people calling you, Something is in that place. There's a portal. There's something holding it. And she goes, oh, no, nothing's negative here. And I'm like, bitch, the goddamn guy was biting and scratching her. He pulled her out of bed. That's negative. It doesn't mean he's, he's a demon. It just means he's negative. You can't say there's nothing negative here. There's clearly something that's holding all of these spirits here, either a bad trauma or a negative trauma. This particular person was completely different than anything else that you were discussing. So his, tr his negative trauma was not anything that could ever be tied to a group event. So then where are all the other people coming from? They got to be coming from somewhere. Because here's the thing. While apartments have cameras and they have security, if she buzzed you all the way up to that floor, I'm sure you can at least access that floor to try and get some of the spirits out. That just, when I heard that 75 times thing, that pissed me off so much. I'm still angry about it, as you guys can tell. But this is why I wanted to bring up the thing about the light, is like, I don't think all spirits go there. I don't think that's all like what it means. I do think they can go in different places. I think that's just what we use as a universal term. And so, you know, if something is bad, like really, really bad, it's not going there. It's going somewhere else. What I think the light really should mean or to think about it is just you're like hey look it, it was great or maybe not so great having you around um so it's time for you to leave and go where you're supposed to go and they may not want to go there because they know they were a jerk they know they did bad things and they don't want to be in a place that's fitting for them but hey you did this and that's where you need to go it's the whole like you you made your bed and now lie in it so the last thing i wanted to discuss that I hear a lot is when people go, a spirit can never come back. I would be very cautious about saying the word never because in the particular episode I was watching, the woman was essentially trying to kill her husband. She was, she was a ghost. She did not cross over and she was trying to kill her husband so that he would come with her a little faster. While apparently she was a really nice woman 
when she was alive. When she died, I don't know. They said something about, like, she had some sort of illness that made her pass. And for some reason, what I thought of when I was thinking about, like, how I was going to describe this to you guys was that maybe she had dementia. Because that would make sense that it would kind of, you know, flip her brain a little and her spirit to want to try to kill her husband. She's not trying to kill him, like, for a necessarily, like, evil reason. She wants him to come with her. And, like, she was greatly affecting his health and terrorizing him, really. So I don't I don't really know. Like, I, I don't think she was sane enough at, at the moment when she died in order to think that. Because it happened right after she died. So they were talking about that and they said, okay, well, she can never come back. Okay. Um, she clearly was a spirit based on what she was doing. She had amassed quite a bit of ability and power. She was causing him to have infections and things like that. That's not something that typically a ghost can do. So no, she can come back. That's the first thing. She probably can't come back the way that she was, but she could. And then they say, we did advise that the family remove her belongings from the house because it does have her residual energy. In other words, you told them to pack up her shit and move it because her ass can come back. There are cases where a spirit won't. You know, it was just a ghost. It liked the house, things like that, and it left, and it's done. There are times where someone does clear out a really, really negative energy, and they make it so that thing can't come back. But then there are times where you'll hear, and this is one of my favorite things, is you'll hear the person say, don't think about it, don't talk about it, don't speak its name, don't do nothing. They got it to go away, sure, but this thing wanted to stay so badly that it, if you... If you give it anything from yourself, it will come back. And I think that's really honest. And that goes back to my first point about you have to be honest is, you know, there are, there are, it just depends on the situation. It really honestly does. And it depends on what you're, you're dealing with. But when you're dealing with something that was strong enough to cause infections, to cause sickness, to disrupt someone's sleep, to terrorize this person, to make it harder for them to speak, to even terrorize their nurses that were coming to help him. Like, that's not a ghost. And it can come back because he's still there. And if they would have left her stuff and they were still grieving and they're still, you know, that grief, darker emotions, if something's darker, it does allow for it to come in. Even if, at you know, at any point they would have said, hey, can I ask, I want to ask for my ancestors to come into my life. Well... When you ask that question, you're inviting any one of your family to come in if you don't specify. So, in theory, as an ancestor, they could have come back in. Now, I want to give you guys two stories. One, because I promised an angel story, because it's the only angel... Uh, I say that back. It's not the only angel story I have now that I think about it, but it's one that like really greatly affected me when I was a kid. When I was a child, I would go to Catholic school and Catholic church every, I would go to mass every Sunday. And actually, because I went to Catholic school and that was the same church that we went to, technically speaking, I went to mass on Wednesdays during school and then on Sundays in the morning. And I never liked going to mass. I really didn't, even though I was in the choir. Um, I am a, I am a choir baby. So my mom wanted to go to mass, but she didn't want to go by herself. So she wanted me to come and she knew that I hated going. 
so what she would do is bribe me with food <laughs> because, <laughs> because I like food. So, <laughs> of course, I would, I'd be like, you basically like, you know, the deal. If you want me to go, you have to take me to like this place and then I'll go. If not, I'm not going with you. So I don't know why, but suddenly this mask was doing really, really well. I mean, like really well, like it had always been like, okay. But all of a sudden, like something had changed. They'd gotten like a new priest and they were jammed packed like every week. It was insane. They were, they were getting so much money to funnel back into the church and, you know, fix things and do what they were doing. It, it was insane. Like it, it was insane. They blew up in a process of about like two months, which just blew up off the charts off the map. So we go, and I had felt weird about the church. Um, and I just thought it was more so that, you know, that wasn't my current belief system at the time. And I just didn't really want to sit there and deal with it. And that's why I felt weird. But when I would go in, I would kept being pulled to this one like section, but I couldn't go there during mass. So then one day, my mom always had this one place she liked to sit. But this one time, she decides she wants to sit on the right. So it was a huge, like, open, almost kind of like, um, like a huge audience seating. Like, you know, it has the three tiers, so one will be on the left, one in the middle, and one on the right. So we sat by the right, and we sat by this column, and I kind of looked at the column, and in my mind's eye, I saw this thing, and it was in white, like, radiating light. It was so completely filled in light, but its light was very close to, to it. It's very close to its body. And I realized the reason why was it was like it had chains wrapped around it. Like someone had deliberately tied this thing to this column of the church. And I was like, you know, this thing looks a lot like an angel. It feels a lot like an angel. I was like, what is an angel doing tied to the church? I mean, like, it basically looked like it had huge iron chains wrapped around its body and it was in misery. And the reason why I kind of like noticed it was because it was crying, like for help, but not in English. And it, it was so tied down, it couldn't even look at me. Its face was permanently against the column, pointed up. It couldn't even drift its eyes down to look at me. Its wings were really, really closely tied behind its back. And it was just pinned and wrapped around this this column. And and I just said, you look like you need help. And I kind of weighed with it for a second in my mind because I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to unleash anything in a church. <laughs> I just, that was, that was my thought. I was like, what if it's not an angel? And I'm like, no, Melissa's an angel. Like you've, you've been in that like, zone before when you asked, do you know how that feels? And I was like, yeah, you know, you're not a bad thing. And I was like, but why would you be tied here? That's really strange. Like, this is odd. Like somebody, somebody did that on purpose. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'll cut it. So I, I basically just in my mind, visualize somebody breaking the chains. And I kept doing that over and over and over and over again until finally one of them broke. And I, it took, it took a bit of energy, honestly, too. So one of them broke. And it's just like the little iron from the chain broke. And then it began to fall in a circle around. And it hit the floor. And when it hit the floor, you could actually like physically hear the noise in the church. And everyone kind of paused and kind of looked over. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like they know what I did. <laughs> they didn't know. And the priest just kept going. Like he completely ignored it. It was fine. And then it kind of like fluttered its wings or whatever. It kind of came back and it never said anything to me out loud, but I could feel that it was basically saying like, thank you. But it was actually kind of pissed. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit like upset um, in like a really mature way. That's the best way I can describe it. It was it was like it was mad, but like not in a human way. Like the vibration was so much higher than that. And it kind of flew around the church and then disappeared. I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's it. Blah, blah, blah. After that, um, the church got struck by lightning. They had to use a lot of the money that they had gotten to repair the hole in the roof. A lot of their audience stopped going back. They started saying something about, like, they didn't like how the priest was doing the sermons anymore. Um, it was a whole thing. And I was like, wow. And, and maybe, like, I want to say maybe, like, a month or so later. Like, even my mom stopped having the desire to go, which I didn't know where her desire to go had come from to begin with. Because she wasn't someone who ever really liked going to mass regularly anyway, even though I did go to a Catholic school and I did go to Catholic mass. Like she went when my grandmother did. But after that, she barely went. And we had transferred schools. And so it, it was just weird that all of a sudden she had popped up with this major desire to go. And then the desire kind of fizzled away. And she'd gone on her own, too, and basically said the same thing that, like, man, the mass isn't the same. It's not as lively as it was before. Like, I don't like blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. Like, I, I liked when it was like this before. And I was like, I kind of sat back and I thought to myself, I was like, did they tie the angel there on their own? And I was like, really? That's kind of, that's a little bit of a stretch. Like, I'm I'm be honest with you. Like, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, that's a bit of a stretch. To think like that they tied an angel to a church. Can you even tie an angel to a church? And I thought about it. I was like, well, you know, don't don't we we carry around like Archangel Michael Penge and and we carry around tons of other things that we say are blessed and ordained by people who are supposed to be able to be in touch with angels. If you can summon a demon, is it that hard to summon an angel? And how would you, I don't know what they did, how they did it. I have no idea. I really don't. All I know is being looked like an angel, it acted like an angel. It was in a super high vibration. Like that vibration was so, so high, like so high. There was no question what it was, honestly. It was more like I was sitting here and I was just like, how can this be? Like, how could you do that? That doesn't make any sense. And like this thing was in so much pain. And it just wanted to, to go back up to where it belonged. So that was my angel story. Now, to talk to you guys about um, something that I recently did with a ghost. So I have talked to you guys about um, whistling that happened. And this was quite a couple episodes ago. Uh, that woke me up in the middle of the night. And I told it basically to get the fuck away from my house. And it seemed to respect that. But uh, in recent weeks and in different periods I've noticed that houses around where this house is that I personally believe this thing resides in for the most part people will like move very quickly suddenly you'll see a house up for sale so it'll be that house another house and another house all in that same like right across the street from that house and they won't go for sale so fast so you'll see them up for rent by owner I've never met the people the neighbors I don't I just travel that way in and out because it's the main road 
so I see it. But um, that happened a lot. And I was like, man, I just had kind of thought to myself and I was like, homeboy needs to stay in his place. <laughs> like, he really does. It's, it's, it's a jerk thing to not only be terrorizing the house that you're in for whatever reason you're terrorizing that house, but also to be terrorizing all these other homes as well. Where these people have absolutely nothing to do with this and probably don't even really know what's going on. They're just like, I need to get the fuck out. I've been here for three years and in three years, those four, it's a total of four houses, the one that is haunted and the three across from it. Those four houses have gone up for sale for rent um, twice. So out of three years, they've gone up that way twice. And don't get me wrong, like you can definitely come in this area, buy a house and kind of live in it for a little bit. Let it be your starter house and move. Sure, but those houses are bigger than my house, so unless you have a huge family, it doesn't really make any sense that you would need to move so quickly, and they're really nice houses, on the outside at least. So, it's not like you're coming into like a crappy place or a crappy area. There's nothing aesthetically to look at that would make any sense that you need to leave. I've even gone as far as to look at the pictures inside the house online just to see like, Kind of more so to prove my theory, and this was before I, I opened myself back up and just said, well, whatever I feel is what I feel, and that's how that's how it goes. But I even looked at that, and the, they're actually, they renovated the houses, or they were renovated before they even moved in. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's no real reason that makes any sense that they would need to go. But it does make sense that if they're across to that house, and I know that thing can travel, that it probably terrorizes their house too, because that house can't keep people in it at all. In the three years I've been here, people have left, come in and then left that house six times. So I think that's why it then kind of leaves and goes to terrorize the other houses and then comes back. So I was in like a mood <laughs> where I, um, I have moments where I feel my ability is much stronger and I can definitely access a different level of my abilities. And I was driving by... And I will never even look at this house. Like, I think the house is pretty, actually, to be honest with you. But it's just shrouded in so much darkness that I won't look at it. And in my head, I visualized that on the front of the house, I placed bars. And I placed bars across the whole house and locked it and said, you can't leave now. So that way it will, will at least not terrorize the neighbors. And that ghost was pissed. He was pissed. Uh, I don't particularly feel like it's really like a ghost. I feel like it's more tangible than that. There's definitely something that like is there. And then there's like an embodiment of what's there. So there, it's very different. And it can seem very different than it actually is. And it, honestly, unless someone goes in and they really cleanse, like, I, because I don't think it's just the house. I think something happened. And I think there's a portal in the house and so they need to cleanse it and close it. And that's why I just opted to shut the house down basically from being able to, from anything being able to leave that house and go terrorize anyone else in the neighborhood, including myself. Because like, I am, that stretch of road goes on for probably like two and a half, maybe three miles. So I'm about a mile and a half away from that house and that thing traveled all the way down to me to terrorize. So if it came down to me and I just couldn't get in my house, like, what is it doing to everybody else? So I, like, I, sh I just shut it down. I was like, no, you can't leave. And, like, my, my hope is that by doing that, that it'll get pissed off enough that it'll just go on its own. Because I think that unless, like, I knock on the door or those people, like, actually get someone inside, 
and say like, hey, like, let's cleanse this energy. I don't think it's going to go on its own unless it's forced to. And so that was like step one of attempting to make, to force itself to, to go. Um, and at least to give other people around that house some peace. Because uh, I don't think they've had it. That They've moved so many times, like, it's ridiculous. And it's, and it's not their house. Like, I know it's not their house. So that's the episode on my uh, paranormal know-how, I think. <laughs> and just little things. Like, I think it's important that, like, we talk about everything here. Like, we talk about that a lot, too. Where I think it's really... This show is very special to me because, you know, it did start with just wanting to be ghost stories. There was a lot of things I didn't really think I was ever going to share. Like that angel story, I wasn't really planning on sharing that. There are a lot of things that like now after I've shared all my ghost stuff, like I kind of want to come back and share like other little things that happened that explain things that went on during that time. But I, I initially just wanted to keep it in the ghost category. And there were definitely moments where I was like, well, crap, like if we don't get a story in soon, like we're not going to be able to kind of continue in the podcast in this way. Like I might have to reach out and start reading stories and things like that. And I can always do that. Like that's always like a good idea. And it's always a good backup. And there are a ton of stories out there on the internet. And it would also, I think, be good too to be able to let people know that, hey, someone did see their story and maybe... You know, if you tag them or something like it'll help them be able to find out that, hey, you did give them some advice and maybe it'll change something or affect something or make things different. But my goal was to help people. And so while I was able to help people paranormally after that, it just became spiritual. And with all the questions and things like that, I just got really lucky that I was able to turn around and reach out to people and help them that way. And so this show is so special to me because it's grown and morphed and changed. It's kind of like a Rubik's cube. Like, you know, when you first see that one picture of the one color, you're like, oh, okay, like, this is great. Like, this is solved. And then you turn it and you're like, oh, but wait, like, this is on the other side too. And so I can't tell you how many sides there are or will ever be to this podcast, but I'm really happy with all of it. Like, I'm just super, super happy and really excited and very thankful. And thankful to all you guys too. You know, if to go into our normal business, uh, if you've got a story that you would like to share or a question or a topic that you want us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot me over an email at thehauntedride at gmail.com or, um, you know, fill out the, the submission form on thehauntedride.com. We also have services, the Paranormal Advice and Spiritual Guidance Service. I've got some personal things going on in my life right now, but after they're done, we're going to add a couple more things there, and I'm very excited. I can't share them just yet because I want to make sure that I've got everything in place, but that is happening. You can now find us on Discord. The Discord channel is on the website. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest as well. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest is The Haunted Ride. Twitter is Haunted Ride. And, you know, if you like the show, just share it, subscribe, recommend it. Um, we've gotten a lot of people who recommend the show, and I really appreciate them. We've got people who've joined our Facebook group, um, people who reach out to me like every single day, multiple times a day on social media, and this podcast has just really like opened up a whole new door for me and given me a way to learn with you guys and share my voice with you guys and with myself. And that's actually what we're going to have our little thing I've learned this week to be about is 
I feel like I've said this before, but sometimes I get stuff out of episodes because I don't like how I explained it and I want to explain it better. But typically the phrase that I've been using a lot is, it's not selfish to have self-care. But I want to expand that to say that anyone who tip, who deeply cares about you won't see your self-care as being selfish either. I've had to be really honest with myself sometimes, including with, I always want to help people. I mean, that's why we made this podcast is to help people. I didn't plan on it to help myself. I, I didn't plan on it to make me a stronger person in my in my spirituality and in who I am and more accepting of who I am and, and validating who I am. Hell, I didn't even plan on these like little like important self-care tips at the end of every episode. But one of the things I've really, really, really had to learn is it's good to help people. It is. It really is. But you can't cross that line where you help people so much that you don't help yourself. If you're feeling overwhelmed or overburdened on what you're doing, that's not good. It's not good. That's not okay. I fall into this habit a lot of times where I know that some people are not in my best interest to be around. Um, I know that we do not work together. Our souls don't work together. And it's kind of one of those like, hey, like you're nice. That's great. And on, you know, bye bye. And, and that's kind of it. And it doesn't mean I don't like the person. It doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that there's something in them that doesn't, it just doesn't connect with me. Like we're, we're in different places right now in our lives. And, and that's fine. But, you know, and on an interview I had with uh, Rebecca from Impasse Alchemy, she's a sweetheart. She talked about it. Like she talked about how people see your light sometimes and they are so attracted to that, that that's what makes them attracted to you. It's not even really you. They don't even really see you. They see your light. And so you have these moments where you have people who like, no matter what the fuck you do, they won't get off of you. Like they won't, like they won't like leave you be. And it's really hard if you're an empath or, you know, you're just someone who really wants to help people because you're like, okay, well, if this person's going through a difficult time, even if I know that we don't connect and I don't really want anything to do with this person, how do I turn a blind eye to this? And that's when it can feel like, oh shit, I'm being selfish. But here's the thing. Everyone in their life has somebody. And who that somebody is, is themselves. And they may have people outside of that. They may have a spouse, they may have friends, they may have family, they may have relatives. But I remember this phrase that was said to me once, and it was by my mother. And what she said was, well, how did they get along before you came along? And I was like, I sat down and I thought about that for a second. Like, I think about that a lot now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's great that I want to help you because you're going through something. And turning a blind eye to that is really hard. Like, it's really hard and that doesn't really feel good, especially when you're so dedicated to wanting to help and wanting to bring people up. Like, that's really hard. Wait a second. You're getting along just fine before you met me. So why do I need to know? Why do you, why do I have to be the one to help you? Why do I need to be involved in what's going on with you? Especially if I barely know you. Like if I barely know you and you're giving me like all this stuff, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. I don't need to, I don't need to be the one to be put in that situation. You, you can deal with it and you know who you can talk to. And Having an open ear is one thing, but when, like, you cross that threshold to, like, I'm going to help this person because to you, like, that's what you should do, but, like, you're not okay and you're going through so much on your own, 
that you honestly really can't take anyone else's stuff, you really need to like look at that and see that and kind of step back and go, well, wait a second. Yeah, that's sweet to be able to want to be there for that person. It's sweet to be able to try to help them. But what about you? Like, what about how you're feeling? If you can't really deal with this, then you need to listen to that. Because at the end of the day, like, let's just be real here. If you're already in that situation with somebody who they just keep asking for more and more and more from you, even when they know that you can't give it, are they really ever going to give you anything back in return? And it's not about a, you have to receive something in return, but it's about like, look at that from like your standpoint of view. How much of yourself are you willing to give against yourself? Honestly. So just like I I remind you guys every single episode, take care of yourselves. And when I say that, I mean it. Take care of yourselves. Okay. Be safe. Love yourselves and love others too, because everybody needs a little bit of love. Have a good day, have a good night, and like we always say, don't let the ghost get you. Bye.